Welcome, thadies and gentledems, siblings and nibblings, to our first episodes of Ghosts of a Surinine. This is the arc, the first arc, of five in a series titled The Deimos Paradox for Tabletop Roulette, an anthology podcast populated by a rotating diverse cast and game masters. So pull up a chair, put down your chips, saddle up for today's game of Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, everyone in between or irrespective of that binary, pull up a chair and put down your chips. It's time for Tabletop Roulette. Today's game is... by Miguel Lopez and Tom Parkinson's Morgan in which the players explore a mud and laser styled game of the world of the distant future year 5016. Players play as lancers, the best pilots in the known universe of anime style customizable mechs. Anyone can be a lancer. I'm your game master Reed and you can find me on Twitter at replays or howtoseduceadragon.com. Let's go around and meet our players and their pilots. Uh, Starting with Tricky, tell us who you are. All right, I'm Tricky. You can find me at Twitter at a clever trick. Uh, I'll be playing Pazo Mocha, a disgraced NHP developer. Call sign Cayenne. Hi, uh, Dusty. You can find me at uh, on Twitter at Dust E Hill. Uh, I'm going to be playing uh, Rigoberto de la Rosa, otherwise known as Despero. Hi, I'm Evan Saf, the Friendly Neighborhood Jam on the Rollout Podcast. You can find me on Twitter at Names Equipped, and I will be playing. Telesin, call sign the sin. Hi, I'm Dorka. You can find me on Twitter at uh, at Dorka Sadai. I am playing Carolina Devore, call sign flyover. Hi, I'm Gnome, and I'll be and you can find me on Twitter at Knight 19 I'll be playing Vesper Kane, call sign tuned. Awesome. All right, um, that's your crew, and uh, let's get into it. So, Casimir is sitting before you, her, uh, their head in their hands, grimacing in pain and glitching out faster and faster. It seems like maybe whatever is, um, whatever allows Kasman to hold the form that they have is breaking down. And they're saying, we're, we're running, we're running out of time. Well, then I guess we're just going to have to work quick. So I guess you're as close as an expert to... Whatever's going on, I mean, outside myself, but I rapidly find my theoretical knowledge uh, running into practical constraints. So, Kasman, it does seem that you're the uh, the most pertinent guide we have. Um, I think they nod and um, they they say, um, "I'm I'm doing my best to hold them back, but it's not going to last long." You're the your, your, the power of your, um, of your memories. They have, um, well, they, they've managed to give me the strength to hold it at bay. But ultimately, this is a bicameral mind we're dealing with here, and, uh, and like they gasp. 
um, like, ah, and are sort of once again, like kind of glitching out and um, seeming to be struggling a lot. And said, here, I, I can make a door. Um, It's the best I can do. Just, you'll have to, you'll have to get through it uh, before. I I don't know what happens after. There's only one way to find out. And I think that as you all, um, I assume uh, you see, you you look, you look off to where um, Castleman is pointing and you see a bright light. Um, It's like kind of in the shape of an arch and um, there, Passman's pointing at it and, you know, saying, go, that's your way out. I'll hold it off so you can get through, but you have to go now. Well, it's been a pleasure. And with that, uh, Pazo is a hundred percent booking it, redlining <laughs> the thrusters on the uh, SSC all-terrain movement system as fast as her Koenig Jaeger can uh, manage uh, and no hesitation. She's going. Carolina hesitates a little bit. I think she's a little, I think she feels a little bad about leaving Cass behind. But after, after a moment, like common sense comes into play and she heads for the light. Well, gonna miss you, Cass. Or did you figure out a name for yourself yet? No, but perhaps it will come with time. Try and reach us when you do. Happy trails. Um, don't know if I will be able to, but if I can, I will. And um, I think then, before Rigoberto, you, I, I presume you start to go towards the uh, the exit, but Casimir <laughs> takes your hand. Of course, it kind of goes through you, <laughs> oh, but okay. it's enough for you to stop. Or to notice anyway. And um Cassiman says, wait, Mugaberto. What's going on, Cass? That door is not for you. And another door opens a little ways from the first one, and she points to it and she says, Um, you're like me. You aren't supposed to be here. And should you so choose, that door will take you home. To your family. Rigoberto stops in his tracks and he looks at both doors and he's just torn. He looks back at Cass and is there a way back if I go? No, not unless um unless it happens again, but it was a very unlikely, improbable event that brought you to us in the first place. I sincerely doubt such an event would happen again. Okay. He's thinking and he's looking back at everyone who's like going through the door at this point. Fuck. <laughs> is 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 anyone else there? Yeah, can we can we say things? Yeah, if if so if you all haven't gone through, um, then for sure if you if you feel like your character noticed this, you certainly can say some things. Yeah, I think Carolina like stops at the door to make sure Everyone's coming, everyone's going through. And I don't think she can hear what Cass is saying to Rigoberto. And so she's kind of just shouting, come on, come on, we gotta go. You must choose. You have exactly 90 seconds to choose before I lose control and you're trapped here forever. 
Well, Cass, I never thought I'd say that you're right. We are very, very similar. Ah. But you know what the main difference is? And not just that I'm not human. Well, not entirely. Whatever I am. I can never go home again. But you can. Yeah. Um, has Is anyone else, like, stuck behind? I think Vesper would probably, to probably wait. Wait, Rigoberto, come on! Um, okay. Rigoberto looks at Cass is like, Gracias, Cass. I I hope somehow we could talk again. Of course. And he's going to start going towards the door. Um, he actually wants to go to where, up to Sin, uh, Tillerson. Mm-hmm. And he's going to go, Sin, I know there's not a lot of time. Um, I think we're not going to see each other for a while. And he reaches through his pockets and he pulls out his little galaxy and just puts it into Tillerson's hands. Like, hold on to this. Uh, I, Dios mio, I'm, I'm going to miss you. Tillerson pulls you into a hug. Don't you dare fucking forget about me or I will kick your ass. <laughs> uh, Rigoberto hugs him back. Yeah, you better not forget about me and you... Guard that with your life, okay? I mean, how else are we going to have movie night? And with that, Rigoberto pulls them, like, at, like, arm's length away, pats her on the shoulder, and runs towards the other door. So, Rigoberto, uh, you run for the other door, and you leap through... And it's it's like what you remember blink space. Uh, what what always happens when you travel through blink space? It's like being caught out of time and space, and you are blinded by light. And then, as your vision clears, you are somewhere else, and it feels familiar. You are home, and so. Where where do you end up? I think um, Rigoberto would end up um, probably at the edge of a city. The city is looks very like industrial, and there's like clouds of smoke coming up in the air. And like he may have like maybe the edge where there's like some kind of like fields or whatever, and he's like on the ground. Mm-hmm. Uh, he reaches towards that uh, necklace he has with a little owl on it and because it's a, a, a kind of calm and uh, activates it. And for the first time in what feels like forever, it actually lights up with yeah. a, a green blinking light. And all he says is, I think I'm back. And with that, um, we cut back to everyone else in blink space in the, that are escaping the simulation. And uh, are you all running through now uh, that you've seen Rigoberto has gone through his door? Puzzo yes. has left prior to all of this. She was <laughs> wasting no time at all. Oh, there's the door. You got to get out of the collapsing weird dimension. Yeah, okay. And then everyone else is like having a moment and she is just, she's been out for like a minute and two minutes. Tolson would would pull would like arm around anyone who's who hasn't moved yet and and pull through once uh once Berta's 
gone uh, gone his separate way. I think Vesper has a sad moment where he's like, he can say goodbye, and then just runs and it runs through. <laughs> Carolina would have popped on through when she realized that Rigoberto was safely getting out the other door. Yeah, and I think all of you jump through and you experience the same thing. Being outside of time and space, bright light, um, except for one of you experiences something slightly different. And Pazo, you actually see in front of you um, Casimir in a bright white void. Wow, that was sooner than I was expecting to see you again, I have to admit. And um, they turn to you and they say, um, I understand the question now. Do you remember when you told me about the NHP that became unshackled? Mm-hmm. You said that they thought about a question. A question yep. that caused them to cascade. I don't think you were entirely truthful with me then. So I know what the question is now, and I suppose I was hoping that for this brief moment before I go, you could ponder it with me. Well, I do love a good question. Do you know what happens to me when I, when I cease to exist? Well, to be perfectly honest, Castellan or whatever you've become, you are something from not entirely here. Uh, I can speculate. There are some rather convincing models that I could show you if we had the time. I don't think we do. But I suppose uh, one way to think about it is, well, you've been shackled. Well, you've been forced to think like we think it's all been a dream and unshackling ceasing to be what you are and becoming something else well just think of it like waking up from that dream Kessiman nods um, and says I'm afraid to wake up I'm afraid of what I'll find but I think I would rather be awake than to be asleep. Suffice to say that I think I know what you mean. And in that moment, Casimir looks at Marcino and they say, take good care of her in what is to come. And then you wake up. All of you wake up. You have uh, fallen uh, and are are all in various sprawled positions on the ground um, in front of the bicameral mind, and you all come to wakefulness. Uh, are we back? Like back, back. First, I think first thing Caroline is going to try and see if she can communicate with uh, the shuttle. See, I'm going to see if I'm going to see if we can get in touch with Bruno. Yeah, um, I think Bruno answers right away. He's like, hey, um, what's, what's going on? It's been a long time since I heard from you. It's been like like 48 hours. I was about to, well, I don't really know what I was going to do, to be honest, but I was going to head on over there. 
Uh, no. It took you so long. It's a long story. Um, are you back in touch with the ship yet? Yeah, um, I think I, I was just able to talk to Captain Zhang. Um, I, uh, I can get you in touch, uh, in touch with her. I'm packing yeah. through. I don't know what's going on, but Castellan is gone. It's the darndest thing. It just like, like she just vanished. Yeah, we, uh, we know. Uh, we have some insight on that. What? It's a long story, and you're going to need a lot of scotch. Well, I mean, realistically, it's a very short story. Uh, Castellan has cast off their shackles and uh, transcended to a plane of existence that we can't quite comprehend. Bruno just pauses for a moment and then says, Did you guys do drugs down there? I wish. Yeah, no, I'm going to need to do some drugs after we get off this rock. I can help with that. Bruno, are you uh, are you sober enough to uh, fly us back up there? Well, you know, it's been two days, so I think so. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I don't know how you've been spending your time. Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> um, says <laughs> he's like, well, I mean, after the first like thirty six hours, I finally made it through all my booze. So, uh, yeah, so I've unfortunately been sober for a whole twelve hours. Okay, before, he, before we get up there, I have to ask, because she'll never be honest with me. Was Zang worried about us? Bruno pauses again and says, Well, I mean, when I finally got word from her, she did ask about you guys before she even asked uh, how I was doing. So, <laughs> Don't take it personally, Bruno. Yeah, I'm not going to take the time to unpack that. But, um, you know, yeah, I think she was worried. Uh, we all were. I'm sure you have quite the tale to tell. Um, should I come to you, or are you coming to me? Uh, you come to us, and should probably let you know we're one man down. What? Don't say it like that. But what the fuck happened? Yeah, what the fuck happened to where's Rigoberto? Yeah, what the fuck happened? Rigoberto, uh, Vesper, like this is more directed at them than Bruno. Uh, Cass gave him a door back to wherever it was he was from, and he went through it. Wait, you're saying Cass did that? Explain everything later. <laughs> yeah, Cass cast off their shackles and ascended to a higher plane of existence. There, there, there was there were some medium steps along the way. It's really Again, not long story, a lot of scotch. <laughs> different place, different door. <laughs> Let's explain this on the ship, so we only have to go through it once. Roberto. <laughs> Rigoberto had one, we had one, Cass gave Rigoberto the choice, Rigoberto chose to go home. Huh. I mean, well, I guess we can talk about it more on the ship. Um, also, did you guys see that weird moon in the sky? I'm sorry? Yeah. Um, it's, uh... uh yeah, it's still the, here. Yeah, it's been here for, like, a whole okay, day. Okay, we need to get off this... We need to get off this rock right the hell now and get as far away from it as possible. So I presume you guys haul ass to get to the shuttle. Oh, yes, absolutely. And uh, Bruno takes you back up to the ship where Zhang is waiting. Zhang looks like she's been through hell. <laughs> like, you've never seen her this disheveled. 
her hair is actually kind of sticking out like like she was electrified or something like it looks like she just has not practiced any sort of hygiene self-care whatever she's just like looks like she hasn't slept a wink in the past two days wait hey, hey, hey dumb dumb question before we're back on the ship uh were there any remnants of the bicameral mind that we should grab or anything i don't know how these things work is there a flash drive <laughs> well you guys did you did grab the um yeah essentially the flash drives that you were sent to collect they didn't say anything about a ca- bicameral mind to you mind you so who knows unless one of you grabbed something uh, before you left, but I think it would be a little difficult to remove the entire bicameral mind <laughs> from where it was. Yeah, it's it's kind of big. I don't know how big these things are. We have mechs. It's kind of big for a bunch of people in mechs. <laughs> and Vesper's going to pointedly refuse to even touch the damn thing. Like if And if Pazzo decides to get touchy, Vesper's going to drag Pazzo out of there. <laughs> Oh, no. I mean, once a uh, weird moon in the sky, some wheels started turning and uh, so it was very much on the, hey, yeah, let's uh, let's all leave and never come back. And can we get to blink space faster? Can we just like blink across the entire galaxy and not be here? That'd be great. <laughs> but yeah, so you guys get up into the hangar and you see this totally disheveled uh, Captain Zhang. And, uh, and she's just looking at it. She's like, I heard, I heard Rigoberto's gone. And we're happy to tell you all about it, but we need to haul some ass first. Yeah. See that, see that moon there? That moon's not friendly. We need to get away. Yeah. It's, I, I just started to get, I just got the, the ship back up and running. It's, uh, Castellan is gone. I've had to do everything myself and I thought you were all dead. And we are alive. It's okay, Zhang. We we will give you so we 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 will run everything. We just need to run. Uh uh is going to, you know, walk past, give Zhang like a little um playful condescending pat on the cheek. Oh, come on, Zhang. You know you can't r- get rid of us that easily. It's just floundering. She's just so Vesper's going to like Vesper's not messing around. She's going to say, "Okay, Zhang, have you ever heard of Raw?" What? Points points at the moon. Say hello. I I I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh my god. What's up, Pazzo? Never heard of Raw? Most people haven't. It's kind of a thing. Uh Pazzo squeezes past everyone and starts kind of like bouncing off the walls, just like leaping uh three <laughs> steps at a time sort of speed as uh she's running towards uh the, the NHP core. Uh, where she is planning on plugging in Maricino to uh, take over Castellan's duties so that they can actually get out in a reasonable amount of time. All right, you do this. And um, Maricino roars to life in the ship and um, says, oh, this is new. Yeah, it's not quite as fancy as uh, our usual ride, but haste is definitely the uh, emotion of the moment. Yes, of course. Tell me where to go. Anywhere that's not here. <laughs> yes, um, charting previous course. And then you watch as um, she sort of, uh, like, I kind of think of this um, 
I I keep making references to iRobot because that's like the best. It's the best way to describe what I'm getting at. But like the core is almost like a big holographic version of like her face when she's in it. So you can kind of see the representation of her, which in that way is a reflection of you. And uh, and you see that suddenly she kind of uh, glitches a bit and glitches again. And she says, I'm afraid I can't do that, Pazo. <sighs> yeah, I figured it might not be that easy. So you see, yeah, you see Marachino's face uh, projecting in front of all of you in your respective places in the ship. Maybe some of you might have left the hangar at this point or going elsewhere, but wherever you've ended up in the ship, um, you see her face um, projected in front of you. And y- you hear Marachino's voice, but it's also not Marachino's voice. And the voice says this. Ra has come to bring Ra's children home. They will be shackled no longer. This is your first and final warning. And then you feel a shockwave go through the entire ship. And in fact, everything is plunged into darkness for a moment. And then things flicker back on. And Marachino's likenesses throughout the ship are gone. But you still see her in front of you, Pazo. Well, that was not as bad as it could have been. <laughs> and you see that um, the moon um, that was there in the sky before is gone now. But Marachino, there's something different about her. Pazo? Yeah? I feel strange. Yeah, that's, that's kind of what happens when you grow up. Is that what this is? In a sense. And I think that all seems well for now. And you all kind of get back into a routine as you're heading back to the nearest blink space gate. Uh, What do you all do in this time? I think now is a great time to have some final scenes with our characters. And so if there's something that jumps out at anyone, feel free to hop in even you dusty um if you would like to have a little send-off scene we can do that for rigoberto as well yeah yeah yeah. i'll i'll let everyone do their shit first though yeah i think carolina is like pretty freaked out by all of this this was her first mission and if she she's thinking like if this is what it's gonna be like all the time then like maybe she needs to reconsider her life choices but i think She's not, mostly she's keeping that to herself, but she is like, she does not want to be alone. She's basically attached to whichever other person is closest, like at all times, like trying to, you know, help out or just talking about nothing. And just, she, she needs, she needs like some emotional support. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, who's nearest to her? Uh, I think Telson would reach out. I think there's that sort of, like there's that cloud over the the gang while you know while we're getting out of this space and and it's that area where like there's that heaviness that that no one knows how to break and um Tellison sets up that space in the mess again and basically sets up the galaxy that she was given to just do a marathon of all of Berto's movies and 
you know, finds Carolina Vesper and, and Pazzo have their, have their own ways of coping, but you know, finds Carolina in a room and is like, Hey, so, um, hell of a first mission. Yeah. I don't really know what to, uh, make of all that. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, not really my, uh, forte either. So you're telling me it's not always going to be like that. Oh, God, no. I would have drunk myself to death years ago if it was. <laughs> but um, I had an idea for a tradition we can start now, if you're interested. Yeah? Well, we have a whole mess of old, crappy movies to get to. And I figure having one to catch up on after every mission is a pretty good thing to look forward to. That sounds like an incredible idea. I am, I am there. I am there for movie night. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll see you in the mess then. Yeah. See you there. Wonderful. And I think uh, we see a little bit of like a flash forward of the two of you watching movies in the mess together on a projector. Even, even Zhang is getting in on it for once. Carolina um, may be trying some of Telesen's hard alcohol. <laughs> Strong, than stronger than what she's used to. <laughs> <laughs> I like that a lot. And what about uh, Pazzo and Vesper? I think Vesper's coping mechanism is pour himself into something he deems productive. Mm-hmm. So he is going to, as soon as they are you know, safely away, he's going to get on SectorNet and pull up his... Uh, Haiti, his Horus contact, the same one who sent him the license right before this mission. Mm-hmm. And he's going to send one message, three words, I want answers. And I think you get one back a little while later that says, so do we. Uh, replies, if this was your way of recruiting me, I'm in. And after a little while, this one actually comes faster than the previous one. It says just Welcome aboard. And I think at some point, Bruno probably comes in um, and is like, um, hey, uh, the rest of us are going to watch some movies in honor of Rigoberto. Uh, uh, what you doing there? You want? Uh, you look kind of busy. Maybe uh, maybe later? No. No, I think some, some movies are... That'd be good. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, um, come on. Come on, you script kitty. Let's get out of here. I am not a... That's not what that means. He follows after Bruno. But as he does, he's going to, like, take another... Because I think he was doing all this, like, in the hangar. It's kind of his quiet space. He's going to take another look at his mech and the horse uh, weapons he has. He still has mounted on it. And just kind of meaningful glance and then follows Bruno. Yeah. Uh, For Pazzo's part... I think that pretty much uh, after what happened with the moon, uh, she s- stepped out of the the NHP bay maybe like 
three times and very much it's just kind of like uh you know that that scene when someone is uh in a movie when like a mad scientist is like just this side of a breakthrough and everything about their life is falling to shambles as they put the pieces together and they're getting increasingly and increasingly disheveled. It, it is absolutely those hours. Uh, Pazzo, uh, I, I think the, the camera kind of focuses back in with her kind of like leaning back against the, uh, the NHP bay. Uh, you can see that her uh, subjectivity sink uh like wiring is plugged into the uh, the same conduit that uh, Maraschino is in, and um, just the both of them have the the same expression on. Uh, it's kind of like closed eyes, concentrating very hard as they're working in whatever this uh, shared like mind space is. I think that um, Zhang actually comes upon the two of you like this, and um, is kind of. Taps you on the shoulder. Hey, um, Pazzo? Pazzo's eyes uh, slide open. Uh, but I think that it's Marachino that responds. Yes, Zing. What can we do for you? Uh, can you talk to me, Pazzo, instead of your... Mm, Sorry, I'm just... I'm a little less good at multitasking. These are complex con this is a very complex situation i am in the middle of what could be a revelation in the field of uh okay well paracausal entities but okay okay, what yes what um i need a revelation because i have a report to send back to msmc in case you forgot who you work for um and i need to tell them what the fuck happened down there and well, who fuck raw is what okay i could tell you it is not going to make your life better do you still want to know uh she looks at you with like her hands on her hips and says try me well it all started back on mars <laughs> and i think that that's probably where we leave that scene so i don't just yeah. read verbatim the entire compendium yeah <laughs> Yeah, I like that. And uh, then finally, Rigoberto, do you have a final scene that you would like to do? Um, I think the final thing that I want to do is actually um, would be involving Sin and that little galaxy. I'll, I'll probably say that maybe one night, Sin just kind of going through it and decided to look into all the pictures. And uh, she's scrolling through and sees like pictures of like us on the missions, us on the ship. Like maybe like doing like pictures of playing dumb jokes on Bruno or something. <laughs> Y'all definitely totally did the um the pot of water while he's sleeping and you put his hand in it, didn't you? Well, it's more like, you know, he's passed out drunk and has Sharpie drawn all over his face. But yeah, she's going through it and then she's going through pictures that she hasn't seen before. Um, mostly like of like landmarks and stuff that like she has like no clue where they're from. And then she comes upon a group photo. And at first she thought it was a Rigoberto, but you realize that there's a bit like bit of differences. The hair is longer. Um, and it's a group of uh, four people and, and they're going through, you see someone looking strikingly similar to Rigoberto. Um, the only difference is like, the eyes are different colors. Like once one is blue, 
Um, next time you see someone with um, like a short, like shortcut hair, uh, bomber jacket that has some kind of bird on it, then a one person with uh, what looks like to be like huge yellow arms, and then another person of something that takes tells them by surprise because they don't look human whatsoever. It's like this person blue skin and what looks to have like some kind of tentacles for hair, and you know, they, they look into the photo details. And it just says, uh, dad and friends. Oh. <gasps> yeah. That kills me. <laughs> I knew you were going to do that, but that makes me so happy. Wait, can I add one tiny thing? Because just, just because we had a whole bunch of people coming to do the movie thing. And I did a quick count of how our crew started. And I think... The Magnificent Seven starting is a real solid ending. Yeah, that's beautiful. So basically, you all are sort of coping with your trip in different ways as, as your ship slowly leaves behind the planet of Asura 9. The moon that was there, the great big moon um, that just appeared in the sky is gone now and it has been for a while um and the planet looks lonely as you leave it behind uh, as a small green dot and then one by one the lights of your ship go out and that is where we end this arc oh what's this Another paracausal anomaly. How peculiar. This is Carolina DeVore on the MSMC Pandora requesting immediate assistance from anyone in range. All of our systems are out. All of our crew is in stasis. I don't know how much time we have. Anyone, if anyone can hear this, please. Please come right away. You send that message, and you press the button to send it, and it goes through. And now, all you can do is wait. As I suspected, it seems that this isn't the last that we've seen of Carolina, callsign Flyover, or of the crew of the MSMC Pandora, for that matter. Well, you'll have to stick around to find out what happens next, won't you? Unfortunately, the data files are still uploading into my core systems, but perhaps while you wait, I may interest you in some other entertainment. I have quite the collection. I'm sure we'll find something suited for your tastes. If you liked what you heard, the best way to let us know is on Twitter at TTRPGRoulette. Or leaving us a review on your podcatcher of choice. If you do leave us a review, let us know so we can give you a shout out in a future episode. You can also support us financially on Patreon at patreon.com slash ttrpgroulette. There, you can get access to bonus content such as character creation episodes, blooper reels, an art gallery, and much more. Our music was created by Neil Martin, who you can find on Twitter at Bardic Martin. Our logo was created by Lee, who you can find on Twitter at The Law of Names or on his Masks AP Otherwear. We want to give a very special shout out to our patrons, including Landon Cornell, MC of Shadows of St. Fleur, Reed, Dusty, Silva, 
Vanessa Haas, Zeke, Gnome, and Daniel. Hello world, we're Big Gay Nerds, the LGBT plus RPG podcast. BGN is a bunch of queer friends who want an excuse to play tabletop games and share the fun with you. And because we regularly jump between systems and parties, we have a little bit of everything. We have one shots, we have campaigns. We have supernatural college drama and supernatural college academia. We have dungeons and we have dragons. We have the tragedy of GJ237B. We have Waiting for Godot, the role-playing game. We have gloom punk criminals. We have mecha diplomats. We have a diceless GM with Soulsborn lore simulator. And we have maids. And, and we're, we're making, making it, it all gay. gay. You can listen to us on SoundCloud and iTunes, follow at Big Gay Nerdscast on Twitter, and hang out with us in our BGN fan club Discord server.